Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have with me Chris and Julia from Manchester Money. So Chris, who's with us, has 10 years experience in the financial services industry, and Julia has over 15 years experience in the estate agency sector. And they both head up Manchester Money, and they're doing some pretty special things at the company, which has also included hiring two digital marketing apprentices to take their brand forward. And you know me, run social for brokers. I'm really excited to talk about that digital marketing side of it, but also about running the business because they've got 13 staff now and 13 people to provide with leads, 13 people to keep warm when they're in the office. And we'll talk about how their office is set up as well. If you're watching on YouTube, they've got a beautiful, a beautiful backdrop. It does look like they're in two separate rooms, but it's actually the room divide. So there you go. Yeah. Chris is just putting up his arm to show we was talking about like the fake Good morning, Britain screen beforehand. If you've ever watched that, you know what we're on about. But anyway, enough going on. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for the invite, Chris. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Where are you where are you sat at the minute, Julie? Are you in so your we're actually we're in um a shared space? I call it the cafe. Um right. it's a beautiful shared office space. Um there's tables, there's comfy chairs, you can go and get yourself a brew, a cold drink. And everyone just chills here. Um, you can work if you want all day. You can have your dinner here. It's a little bit like a university feel, I think. Ah, oh, nice. So is that, have you got like serviced offices, have you, Chris? Is that where? Yeah, so we're right? based um, in Spinningfields in the centre of Manchester. And, and like just right behind Julie, there's the Ivy restaurant. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a great location. And, and we when we when we set the, the business up five years ago, um, this was our first office space and actually came here for a meeting mm-hmm. and we were at that time we were, were one of the only uh, shared space office space in, in the city center where you know you can have one desk or 40 desks so as a business grows you can you can start small and, and grow big yeah and as soon as i walked in the i came for a separate meeting as soon as i walked in the first questions i asked, I asked was how much to pay for this yeah and the vibe was great when you walked there was no one sat in suits and um it just like Julie said, it had a bit of a university feel, a nice, relaxed atmosphere. And yeah. we've, been here, we've been here from, from the start. And I don't think we'll move from here. It's, it's just, it's, it's great. It's a great location. Because you can um, have that space, can't you? You can expand into the space, can't you? Yes. That's what I suppose that's what's nice. To, and it, it, it sounds like, from what you explained, it's like a bit of a, a Google feel to it, like the Google yeah. offices. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I think that's a modern way of working now, isn't it? When, especially. The people who are working in office space, they don't want to be sat in an enclosed room with screens up everywhere and sat in mm-hmm. rows of desks and headphones, you know, tied, you know, tied to tied around the head. And it's just a it's just a better way of working, I believe. And and, and I know you guys do you've uploaded some videos on social before about the office, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. So it's nice to see behind the scenes. And we're gonna get into social because I'm really excited to talk about that. But before we get into it, I'd like to get a bit of a background of you two, like a bit of a 60 seconds of how you've got here, where you've been and what you've done in the past. So we'll start with with Julia. 
Okay, so I um, had my own business many, many years ago. Um, fortunately, my partner split up and I had to find myself a new job, new career, um, and kind of fell into estate agency, really. I applied for hundreds of jobs, some I was overqualified for, some underqualified for, um, but fell into working for a corporate agency. And at the time, it was working six-day weeks, very long days um, with low pay and well low basic salary but but high rewards in commission if, if you hit it I had no sales experience but I thought right I'm going to give this a go you know it could be a, a career with longevity and I fancy selling houses gave it a go and um, I was promoted within that corporate company and managed three branches over the space of three years and ended up staying there for the best part of uh, 15 years God. Um, loved every minute of it and, and worked my way through all of the different job roles as well so at the end of you know my time there I felt that you know I'd really come got to grips with every job role within the business from negotiating to valuing to branch manager and even some parts of, of the regional managers um, roles as well um, but Chris and I met within that company over 12 ah. years ago so we worked together I think in 2011, 2012. 10, 11, yeah, yeah, 10, 11, around about that period, yeah. Yeah, and I was um, managing the company, Chris was mortgage advisor. We, we always got on well, we always kept in touch, and he always has done my mortgages, actually, in, in the time, uh, okay. um, you know, that, that we've not worked together. And then last year, I'm sorry, another year before, 2021, he approached me to say, you know, look, I'm expanding, my company's growing, I need somebody to be my second in, in command. How do you fancy coming to work for Manchester Money? Um, uh, right. And I wasn't really looking to move, but I, I came to this office and I met Chris, and I honestly knew instantly I've, I've got to do this. It's um, mm. it's something I've got to do. I, you know, I, I need to learn. I need to expand my knowledge i'm a bit stale now in what i'm doing um you know there's lots of opportunities here that I, i'm not exposed to in the company with it being a corporate company um and i joined the company more or less this time last year oh wow so it's been quite quite new then in the in the start yeah. in the grand scheme of things for manchester money yes yeah the conversation probably started maybe up to 12 months before you started didn't it? i yeah. think i planned mm. it for that and when I worked with Julian, many conversations conversations after I did say that you, you wasted doing the job that you're doing. Yeah. Obviously, your circumstances, Leon was still young, wasn't yeah. it? So you couldn't yeah. really focus on your career too much. And when the time came, it, you know, it, it, I suppose the stars aligned a little bit. But I identified Julian a long time ago to be the, the right person, you know, for the role that would eventually materialize as, as we grew. And that's, well, that was a point of growth, obviously. But take us back to, your background, Chris, how, where you got, to, well, what you did to get to that point where you started Manchester Money? Yeah, so um, I came into the industry in just uh, around about 2009. I got made redundant from the co-op. Quite a good job, very well mm -hmm. paid. Uh, redundancy was the best thing that happened to me. I kind of got a little bit disengaged with the job. My boss at the time, James, identified that. Obviously, didn't have any grounds to sack me, so made my role. Uh, redundant, redundant. <laughs> uh, yeah so during that period of uh, about nine months I was I was out of work my little boy had been born Seth so I spent that time making sure that I spent the right amount of time with him because I probably wouldn't get that opportunity again mm -hmm. uh, but also finding the right role that that I, that I needed for the rest of my career and I've told me being an advisor in 2007 I've just moved house funnily enough and I, I found an old um, 
um, an old form that I filled in for the qualification to do at home. And I, was it FCE or something like that at the time? Oh, uh, right, okay. Funnily enough, um, and that was 2007. But with the job that I had, I just didn't have the time to, uh, to fulfil the training. It was too hard. So when I got made redundant, uh, obviously I researched on training mortgage roles. And at that time in 2008, there was only Countrywide, who obviously Julie worked for at the time, who were recruiting training advisors. So um, they put me through my CMAP, did all the training, estate agency based, did that for two years, hated it. Uh, all right. Well, I didn't hate the job as such, and hate the, the client interaction. It was more the, you know, the, the targets, the, the spreadsheet filling. Yeah, you know, getting <laughs> yeah. the officer half eight, not leaving till nine o'clock, six days a week, very low paid. But what I learned on that was invaluable. So it wasn't the income was wasn't what I did that for that job. Mm. It was to kind of learn my trade in a very very difficult market. You know, in two thousand and ten. The banks weren't lending money. Mm. You know, it was high high deposits, absolutely 100% clean clean credit, high loans, um, high income multiples. It was very very tough. So I, you know, I learned I learned quite a lot in a very short space of time, which put me in good stead for you know when you know we got to Manchester money. So in, in between that, uh, had four or five years with MAB as a self-employed advisor. Okay. Um, what changed my mind to move from those or when they floated on the stock market and i tell this story all the time and um they didn't pass a single penny down to any of the members of the staff within mab right any cheap share options or 50 pound gift vouchers or anything like that you know the however many directors there were five at the time all bagged over millions and, and there was no kind of thank you for it so i was like mm. well don't really want to be part of a business that doesn't think about its employees as much as what i thought they did so um a chance meeting with Martin Stewart from London Money, and uh, Manchester Money was born just just under five years ago. Oh wow! Started, started off as me. There was no branding as such. There's no website. There was uh, there was nothing. There was no office space. No CRM system. It was pretty much back of that. <laughs> Exciting Honestly, though to be able to do it from from exactly that. Exactly what I wanted. Yeah, exactly what I wanted, and. Um, and we are, you know, today we're a team of 13 looking to expand uh, to maybe four or five by the end of the year. More, more, more members of the team, maybe quickly looking at the numbers yeah. that we've, uh, how we started off as a year, that that might go even quicker than that. And it's just, I wanted you to tell that story because it shows people that it can be done. There, there are people there at the moment that are single mortgage advisors that are working 12, 13, 14 hour days going, will I ever get to a point where I can have an admin? And then will I get to a point where I can have another broker? And it, it can happen if you if you put your mind to it. And maybe a bit of luck with it as well, that it's a good market. and it's. But even then, you were, you did still work through a tough market yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I think it's like anything. If you believe you can do it, you'll do it. You yeah. know, the, the mind's a powerful thing, and, and everything relates back to your mindset. You know, If you think you're going to fail, you'll fail. If you think you're going to be a success, you Mm -hmm. it'll be success and it is as simple as that the rest that you can work out in between you know the journey from from where we started to where we are now certainly hasn't been a straight line you know no. it's been it's been hard work and there's a few things i would have changed in hindsight is as probably every business owner would do exactly the same mm -hmm. but on the flip side there's a lot of things i wouldn't change because it's great to go through that pain and that journey to get to where you are now and be able to learn to pivot. and that's yeah, absolutely right so that's what made like. i've made loads of mistakes you know what i mean and you know i'll openly admit it and there's mm -hmm. no one can tell me that 
you create anything without making those mistakes. You have to. It's part of the process. Yeah. I think you've obviously made those mistakes to get to this point now where you've got 13 staff. You've been going five years. You've had a really busy January. But it'd be really interesting to hear about your day-to-day running of the business. So what does or what do you both do to run the business considering neither of you advise in any capacity? Well, no, it's very difficult because the days, probably Julie's will be a little bit more structured than mine, but um, mine are structured as Julie's. Uh, and, and I don't think they should be because I shouldn't be tied to my desk all day. You know, I should be able to uh, arrange a meeting if I need to quickly with somebody or, or get on the phone to a lender for a half an hour about business opportunities or a new lead provider or a new business opportunity. So my, I, don't, I don't structure my day. I have a to-do list, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, that doesn't manage my day. You know, I'll, I'll okay. pick off stuff as I, as I can get to doing it. Uh, but I like to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of free as much as I need to be. Me and Julie will speak every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is, is Julie probably dreads my phone calls because when I ring, we're probably on for about an hour and a half. Julie, I'll, only <laughs> is two, it? I'll only be two minutes, Julie, then it's like an hour and a half later. And I know that Julie's job list is getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> like, are you restructuring the business every day? Is that what happens? Yeah. You phone up, yeah. I've got an idea. That's what I do with Soph. I phone Soph and I'm like... Yeah. Just had this idea. So so you're there, obviously, are you kind of like business generation, lead generation, yeah. or so that's your building relationships with local Building people. relationships, yeah, looking yeah. at recruitment, um, obviously looking at figures. I, I've, got, I've got to try and make sure that, that my day is, is, is partially free to be able to think, make notes, write mm-hmm. ideas down. Um mm-hmm. And then growing the business essentially, or and it's the it's the age old phrase, isn't it? You, you are you are working on the business rather than in it. Yeah, ninety percent right. of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to get as much admin off the desk as possible, and you know, it's very hard to do that. But um, gradually, you know, ultimately my job is to make it to be maybe done. That's 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 mm-hmm. the, yeah. the aim for myself, and I am trying to pass off as much to Julia in terms of what I already know and certain roles that, I, that I've done previously on, on for Julia to take over and manage and hopefully she'll delegate eventually itself because I, you know, as soon as I know that the business can run without me, means I've made it a success. Yeah, That's exactly. That could be 10 years, I don't know, we'll, 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 we'll see. <laughs> So that's so a lot of this, a lot of the things Julia will you'll put into action. What does your normal day look like at the minute, Julia? So what's your official job title and what does your daily routine it, it look like? Sa- it probably sounded like I don't do much there to be fair. <laughs> 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 you are, I'll vouch for Chris, he is always dead, really busy. Um so my job title is sales and development director. So mm-hmm. I think you know the kind of job spec that I had when I first came on board was to grow the business. Um, from a sales perspective that's what my strengths are in my previous role I was very sales orientated looking for business um, you know building rapport with people building relationships that kind of thing um, we have lost someone in the team last year that kind of took um, well headed up the admin team so I think my role has morphed a little bit into operations management mm-hmm. as well um, but I am very structured. I structure my week. I try and before the end of one week, I write in my diary everything that I want to achieve the week after. Mm-hmm. And I try and break that down into days because I'm I am flexible and I can jump from one thing to another, but I do find that distracting. So if I can say, right, on Monday, I'm going to look at everything admin related. I'm going to speak to the admin team. We're going to have an admin meeting. We're going to have a look at compliance. We're going to have a look at 
you know, anything that's been missed, let's catch up on that. Mm -hmm. Then on a Tuesday, I might work with marketing team and it's all about marketing, business generation, um, brainstorming, where are new ideas coming from, where you up to with your apprenticeship, where's your tutors up to, um, you know, about what new ideas can we bring to the table, what are we working on, um, and that kind of thing. And then for the rest of the week, you know, I'll, I'll split it up into, you know, you know, looking at new ideas for the company, speaking to Chris, working what we're working to together, working business to business, partner agencies, but then also the advisors take a big chunk of my time up as well. Um, so working on a one-to-one -one basis with the advisors, just having general conversations with the team, I think is massively important, ringing them, meeting them for lunch, checking in, are you okay, where are you up to, are you struggling with anything? you know are you down about anything where can we help you being that that support person yeah yeah because yeah. it can be a lonely and i assume from when you're talking about that they they can work remotely or work in the office is that yeah so so it can be quite lonely if you're at home yeah. in, the, in the spare bedroom it's nice to have that support network and this it, is, it, is it, it certainly is that and um you know when i when i was at nab i used to be sat uh, upstairs in a state agency office on my own all day and not speak to mm -hmm. anybody apart from your clients obviously but you're right it was quite a lonely environment and and again one of the reasons why Julie came on it was something that I really couldn't do with the team because I just physically didn't have the time to do it and I, and I knew how important it was but I knew that side of, of the business was being neglected with them uh, so that's where you know Julie's added loads of value you know, yeah and this is the reason that's not... one, of, one of the things that, that Julie does very well at the reason I asked you those I like for people to hear how this kind of business with 13 people is run and yes you do chris has to go out there win the business go and speak to lenders etc build all that side but then it's great to hear that there is a structure in place and i think if you're a broker on your own if you can structure your week like you say there that yes you have to do appointments but if monday you worked on admin tuesday you're working on marketing wednesday you're working on local business relationships i think that could that could really help a lot of people because i think if you do that you feel a lot more you've achieved a lot more at the end of the week as well like it's essentially yeah. like a tick list like you use chris but over the course of that week isn't it yeah 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 and yeah. it does give you a sense of achievement because you can look back and think right i've got 90 percent of that done i've got 80 percent of that done i'm happy with that you know yeah done what we can in the way let's you know dive that forward but i get satisfaction out of ticking off the jobs list and yeah reflecting on pen and paper yeah yeah so we talked about staff there touched on a bit of staff mortgage brokers where do you find good staff because you guys have obviously got a good team of 13 people where have you found them uh, mixture really yeah yeah mixture. mixture yeah so um adam who was um started literally the week before lockdown uh we got him through an recruitment agent mm -hmm. uh darren uh used to work with darren at countrywide uh beth um an ex-client uh works in sod used to ask me loads of questions about the industry um how do i get into it so we kind of mentored her for about 18 months beforehand um advised her what she needs to do step by step going to stay agency learn that side get training uh, advisor all in the state agency then covid hit at, at that time right um so she had some problems with the agent that she was working with it was very difficult there was no training there was no support there was no mentoring so we we brought beth on as a trainee advisor employed um 
it was two years ago now, is it? Yeah, yeah two, more two, or less like two years ago. Years ago. Uh, Holly Food, a recruitment agency, Atif and um, Stacey uh, used to work with Holly. Um, Sean was a friend of an ex-employee. And then Roxana and Brandon, who are two new recruits, have come through two different recruitment agencies. And then, wow. and obviously, Julia, I knew Julia. And then the um, apprentices came through a... Um, what do we call, what do we call in, 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 in Yeah, who were oh, an apprentice. It's nice for you to actually run. I didn't expect you to run through every member of staff, but it shows people that are listening that does it, it can come from friends of friends. It can come yeah. from clients. You might have a client that asks you all these questions about the mortgage. Well, come and work for me for admin for, you know what I mean, part-time for a bit and see if you like it. Listen, I, you know, and, I, and I'll give you three examples. Sean, Beth, and um, Brandon, hardly an experience with hardly an experience in, in the industry at all, you know. And um, you know, Sean was worked in a dentist, dentist yeah, yeah, dental nurse. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Brandon, Brandon's recently moved over from South Africa. Uh, obviously, uh, Beth, when she came on, had, had two months' experience as an advisor. Listen, you can you, you can know criteria inside out, but have you got the right attitude? That's the most important thing that I've learned now. Yep. Attitude over everything. You can learn the rest. You know, you've got access to so many different uh, training modules and knowledge bank and lender portals and everything else. You you can find that information out. Have you got the right attitude? Have you got the right work ethic? Do you want to be a success? Yeah. Those are those are the things that that will drive you to be successful as an advisor. In my opinion. and even you know if you look at our um, our trainee apprentices, their attitude is absolutely out of this world. You love working with that. Is it? I'm glad you say that because it's something that I follow you on social media and we've always, the way that I've got to know you guys is normally in my comments. Normally you'll, somebody will drop a comment and I'll reply to them and chat to them. And I've seen your stuff and I've thought, yeah, it's exactly what I would make for a company like that. So testament to your marketing team. They're fantastic. And it's nice to see that they're apprenticeships as well, which yeah. is testament to you guys giving using that scheme to give people a chance to get into what is a very successful company leads me perfectly into the into the social media section and we'll talk about your two guys in a minute but what would you say at the moment is your best platform for social media well i think it depends on who your target audience is i think okay for us we work with facebook instagram and linkedin in the main we have mm-hmm dipped our toe in the water with Twitter and TikTok, um, YouTube. Um, but we actually got a little bit overwhelmed. Yes, we've got a marketing team, but that's it's just too many sites to manage. Um, yeah. So to me, it depends on your target audiences. If, if for example, you like working with first-time buyers, as Beth does, she and, and Holly, they get a lot of success out of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me, I do quite a lot of social media as well, and I love Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more my age range, the kind of clients that I would build great rapport with on Facebook, probably more home movers, remortgage opportunities. Yeah. Um, I love the Facebook groups, like locally to me, I've joined like community chat groups mm-hmm. and posted in there and you're not just then posting to you know hundreds of followers that you might have on your own group you're posting to thousands of followers mm-hmm. and with persistence and consistency you know I've, I've started to reap the rewards 
Um, I love that you say that even with three of you, so if you take your two um, social media staff and yourself, you still struggle to maintain three channels. And the there will be people listening to this thinking, oh, they've told me I need to be on social. I need to do all four channels. It, it's it's impossible. What Julia is saying here, even with three staff, it's bloody hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So doing it yourself is even tougher. So I always say this is try and pick one platform. And, and Julia has succinctly summarized every platform there for different demographics. Choose one and just go go deep on it for six to yeah. 12 months, then maybe pick up the next platform. And, it, and it's interesting what you said at the start about, obviously, you seeing our posts and, uh, and the nice comments that you made that obviously we, we, we don't realise that. We just take it for granted that it's done. But it's not a quick fix, stuff like that. We've been doing this now for over 12 months, you know, and it's it's been slowly, slowly. And, and, and advisors will be very guilty of this when they do it themselves. They'll do two or three posts and think they're going to get 10 leads out of it or 10 inquiries. It doesn't happen like that. You know, you've got to be consistent. And when I when I was advising um, before Manchester Money, I would just put the odd post out now and again on, on Facebook, just let people, I remind people what I did. I'd be out in um, and the, the football team, cricket teams and sports teams that I played for. I'd be out in a pub telling people what I did. And it was a constant, in, in the same area that I live, sorry. It, so it was a constant reminder to everybody in the area of what I did. And it wasn't just one thing that, that, that fits all. It was several doing several things all at, all at once. But mm-hmm. in terms of social media, I don't, I don't, do, I don't do much of it anymore, uh, personally. Don't do anything on Instagram. I don't even know how to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not but the thing is, you've got, you've got a team that does. Yeah. You've got a mortgage advisor that knows how to give mortgage advice. You've got an admin staff that knows how to properly Absolutely put a case right. forward. Why did you make that decision? Because it's very rare that I see companies with 10 staff i'll normally see it say like 40 50 staff where they have an in-house marketing why did you decide to do it so early on compared to other and you've got two as well that's that's a big thing that needs to be mentioned well i decided to do it before lockdown funnily enough it was just okay yeah it was part of a long-term strategy it wasn't oh we're now ready to do it i'd identify (laughs) that we're going to do it at some point and then um we, the, kind of the first advert I did, I, I don't know if I've still got it, but I created a, a post on LinkedIn targeting, obviously, the apprentice recruitment agencies. And it was a Willy Wonka themed um, job advert, you know, right. find the golden ticket, you know, looking for apprentices. And, and the, the stipulation was, I don't want a CV, I want you to create a video for me of how you would more Manchester money. Ah, right. And I only got two videos. And one I of got, them was one of the... The both of them were. Ah, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, and I wasn't going to take on two, but they were both they were both brilliant, but in different, um, in different ways. So they kind of that like then complemented each other. And I thought, you know what? It'll be easier for for their onboarding and their long term um, integration into the business that they're actually two of them doing the same thing. So they felt the same pains and they, mm. they could talk to each other. Listen, obviously it's cost us more money and it's an investment, but I think it's, it's been well worth it. But it's very, and not many people see it as an investment. No. And this is, I'm going to say something really, um, I can't even think of the word here, but something that you shouldn't hear me say, don't hire us to do your social media, hire a digital marketer in-house. It will by far outweigh 
what you pay for us. Yeah, you can turn us on and off with the social media and we can help you. But having an in-house marketeer, and we'll talk about Julia's meetings with them as well and how that can benefit you. It is huge for a business. If you can afford to, I'd recommend doing it. It is, and, and you should be looking long-term as well, two, three, four years in front. Not, not for instant success now. It doesn't work like that. It's all about building for the future. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that we do now, we might not see any financial gains for another two years mm-hmm. with stuff like this, as long as we keep the momentum. Yeah. I, I understood, understood that very, very early on. I realised, yes, it's going to cost us money initially for the next 12 months in terms of you know their salaries etc but I, I know long term it will benefit us because it will get us noticed and and going back to you know the start of this year i speak to different brokers depending on where on the country where they are in the country but someone said oh, it's dead quiet we've never been as busy you know we really? since the start of january i've just done some numbers we've generated over 200 inquiries wow um, and that's because you found set the foundations two years ago it must be because we're still trying to find out where every bit of this business comes from. Obviously, we're always trying to work that out. And, but we haven't spent any money on marketing, apart from our obviously our wage, wow. wages for the two guys. So you've never. No, we I want, I want to really. Hit, I really want to hit this home with people. You haven't paid any money for like ads. Not this year. No Google. Nope. But this is Nothing. stuff that we've, we've been doing over the years. But yeah, you started with paid for Google ads. We've tried to optimize the website as much as we can. You know, changing the content. We've actually just yeah. moved, um, moved our marketing agency. They're doing little bits of work in the background, mm-hmm. but that shouldn't really start to hit home yet. But I think with our Google reviews, our Trustpilot reviews, our social media presence, what we've been doing consistently over the last twelve months, starting to make us appear now in places we wouldn't have appeared before. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the long-term it. plan, isn't it? If you can't not, happen overnight. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I spoke to loads of firms where. You might have done two campaigns on Google Ads and might might have got one inquiry out of it and give it up. It doesn't work like that. You, mm. It might take you 18 months before you start seeing the benefit. You, you've mm. got to think long-term. If you start thinking about, well, I just want it done in two months, then you should just be a broker and just stay being a broker. You know, Good if, point, yeah. You're not willing to play the long game, you're not going to benefit from it because you'll just get frustrated. Your income levels will drop because you're spending a lot of time actually not advising or trying to build it, but in essence, you're not building anything because you're not giving it the opportunity. What you've what you've said there is there's no one magic bullet. You right. can't just use social, you can't just use Google, you can't just use word of mouth, referrals, Google reviews. All of them together, yes, very, very efficient. But even when they're all together, it's a 12-month period, isn't it? Well, so it is, and you should have you should have about 12 different strategies to market, really. It shouldn't mm. just be, oh, I'll get them from an estate agent or buy leads or I'll do a family and friend. It should be a mixture of all sorts of so web inquiries. It should be obviously SEO and uh, Google ads. It should be social media. It should, yeah. should be tapping into your existing client bank because a lot of brokers don't do that. You know, you should be retaining 90% of your clients. You should be having introducers with estate agents, with accountants. You know, the list goes on. There should be, you know, a number of different ways that you can, you know, get into business. Into yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Don't be relying on one. Don't be relying on buying these because you just, you just, you won't, you won't succeed long term. Well, I'll be looking forward to the answers to the question at the end of the podcast then, because I'm sure we'll be here for about three days with all the answers you've got for that one. As long as I like to talk. <laughs> but before we kind of cap off the social media section, Julia, you talked about having meetings with the marketing team, the two guys in your marketing team. Yes. Where, where does their inspiration for ideas come from? How does that meeting, like if we're in the room, what are you guys talking about? So we all kind of 
pitching and brainstorm together. They're really, really good at looking at kind of ideas like tying in what's current going on in Manchester, for example, the research, you know, right, what's going on locally, let's comment on that, let's put it in the Manchester groups or the greater Manchester groups that, that we're in. Um, they like bringing up, um, what's it called when you have like recognition days? Awareness um, days. Awareness days, yeah. yeah, so things like that we love doing. Um, I'm probably a little bit more formal sometimes in my approach. I do like to educate um, and look at maybe customers' pain points. So we'll, we'll speak to advisors and say, right, give us your last 10 clients. What were the pain points? Is there a common trend? Are mm. people really struggling at the, at the minute to get a self-employed mortgage that have only got one year's account? You know, can we do a post um, with one of your clients, um, you know, that will give a testimonial to say, fantastic, Adam's really helped me. Couldn't get a high street lender to help me, but using a broker, we have and that kind of thing. We'll comment on industry news. Those kind of posts genuinely don't get much traction. They're boring, aren't they? Nobody, really? nobody wants to know about mortgages unless no. it's about rates, but they do want to know about how you can get a mortgage if you've been told 26 times before or how they can exactly. get their dream house or their dream kitchen. You've got to sell it with emotion, haven't you? You've got to sell it with emotion, absolutely. But I do believe those posts have the place. If someone's scrolling through your Facebook, it maybe gives you a bit of credibility that you know what you're talking about if you're commenting on topical things. Mm -hmm. um, the posts we do the best with, though, are certainly like with with a person behind the brand. Mm -hmm. So if a team feature a team meeting, we're all there having a drink after a team meeting, no great team meeting, having a beer in Manchester lots of traction um, or you know the advisor sat at home with the dog having a really busy day dog next to them that kind of thing it's a simple lifestyle post the, the lifestyle posts always do well and what what you guys do well as well is the branded stuff because i was i was watching a video before i came on here that the the average attention span of an adult has now gone from 12 seconds to eight seconds really so like netflix episodes if you watch a film on netflix now there's no entry intro credits it's just um, the title of the yeah. film film yeah. and go and that if you think that's for a film what is your attention span going to be on social media yeah so you've got to grab them straight away and your guys always do because they've got the brand they've got the color and it grabs yeah. you and it's yeah. the images that you use are sometimes, and this is what I tell our clients to do and what we do for them is try and create something that's nothing to do with mortgages. Yeah. Like the awareness day is national donut day or national yeah. dog day or something like that to really grab those people's attention. So they know who you are. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And, and one thing you'll never see us do is, uh, or look at our 3.29% rate, whatever that, that's like, Matter, does it? No, it's what everybody, it's what all banks do. It's, mm. uh, the success, for instance, like Beth and Polly's, there's two prime examples who are probably our two advisors who have yeah. more success out of the individual um, social media pages is, is they show that they're human. So dogs, yep. what they're having to eat, glass of wine, you know, mm -hmm. in the office doing whatever, then they might give us case, whatever it may be, they mix it up, but it just shows the audience who's seen the, the post that they're actually just normal people. Yeah. You know, we're not, you know, gray, gray men in gray suits. We don't want to be perceived that way anymore. You know, we're, we're just like, just like you, but we just help you hopefully buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about that before we came on where we, it's, it's all about that individuality and being able to set yourself apart from everyone else. And the best way to do that is just to be yourself. Of course yeah. it is.
and we could go on about that for hours. But before we get on to the strategy question, um, I wanted to ask a bit about what's next for Manchester Money. What are you thinking in terms of marketing? Um, well, we've we've just partnered up with um, like a new web. Um, what would you call it? Like, like an marketing. SEO, like an agency. Yeah. An agency, yeah. yeah. And whilst we've dipped our toe in, in the likes of TikTok and YouTube and things like that, we haven't had um, the facility to make professional videos, for example. Mm. Um, you know, we've been kind of recording it on our phone, see how it comes out. But actually, it don't come out, you know, fantastically. And that, that'll discredit us more than, you know, get people to watch our channel. So I'd like to go down, you know, more of professional videography. Um, YouTube. YouTube. I'll tell you who does it really well, who's been on the podcast, Nicola McKenzie from DM Mortgages. Okay. Um, right, okay. So she's, she like off the back of it, she's been on BBC, Channel 4, just off the YouTube channel. Um, I think it's 25,000 subscribers she's got. She's a mortgage, she still does mortgage advice and fits in the videos. Um, wow. And she, I think it's once a month, she has somebody come in, a film crew, record 20 videos. And they're very... Very simple videos for a mortgage advisor, like what is an agreement in principle? Can I get a mortgage with bad credit? And then it's all about using the correct keywords to make those videos rank yeah. and be yeah. viewed. Um, but no, that sounds exciting. YouTube is, it's the second biggest, well, I think it's number one, or second biggest search engine behind Google that people search, want yeah. to watch stuff now. Yeah. Well, I even doing like my son's homework, for example, you know, maths homework, we're searching YouTube every day on how to do fucking, <laughs> I don't know, fractions yeah. or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, to, to search up, you know, topics on YouTube, there's somebody professionally there presenting a video on that topic, I think has got a lot of work. That then can be carried over to our website. Um, it acts as, as fresh SEO. Yeah. Content, and what, yeah, and what you said yeah. before about the attention span is that people, you know, we have content on the website because it helps with the optimization and et cetera, but... Who's going to sit there and read that? You know, you're going to get more engagement from a, watching a 60 second video on a, yeah, a, call it whatever, idiot's guide to the, whatever it may be. I think you'll 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 get far more. Well, what's um, interesting is videos have have been the big thing, and what's Instagram have just released an update where they've saturated their whole channel with video now. And now what they're doing is actually pushing the image or the text heavy posts because they're realizing that video over the last two years has been massive or three years because everybody's worked from home and they've been able to watch a TikTok on their phone. Whereas now, if people are back in the office, they might actually read your website rather yeah. than watching a video. You give them both options. Then... Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, too, right, yeah. And if one of them can help with your SEO, then, yeah, you're going to utilize it, aren't you? Absolutely yeah. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right before we get just, into so this, just, just just again, just on on the um, we are investing significant significant amounts of money this year in, in the digital marketing side. So because <clears throat> that then will help us with recruitment. Uh, mm -hmm. What we don't want to be doing is is you know, but there's we, we've missed the trick really with advisors where we've always gone down the self-employed route and we've we've changed stacks a little bit. Yeah, we'll still bring on self-employed advisors, but we'll also bring on employed advisors who've got the right attitudes. Who do who do need do need leads to obviously survive and help them with mm -hmm. but what we wanted to make sure is that the leads that we're providing aren't the one in 20 contact ratings stuff like that right. you know we, we want to make sure that the website that it generates high quality mm -hmm. high conversion leads that turn into business yeah 
Yeah, so you don't you don't want to be feeding them with rubbish leads. So you're putting an effort right. into marketing to get get leads come through your website rather than buying them. Well, yeah. we know we know that because I've done the numbers myself on on the stuff that I've done with the small amounts the spend we've we've made, but um it's a 95% contact rate minimum, 45% conversion mm. to app all day long. Wow. So you can scale that quite easily, but you can't scale it without the right advisors. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg really. But we, yeah. we know we know what our strategy is, we know what works, and then we know what the type of people that we want going forward. So it's about marrying those two this year yeah. to get us to the it level. sounds like you've got a got a plan to make it happen. We have, yeah, we yeah. have. We've you know we've made going back to making mistakes. I've made loads of mistakes, especially on recruitment. You know, mm. wrong people, wrong time uh, for them for, and for us. We're a different business now than we were probably even 12 months ago. You know, we're constantly evolving. Evolving, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and some people will, will come on board, some will go. You know, it's, it's like a relationship. Sometimes they, they don't work, you know. It's, it's not yeah. their fault. It's not our fault. It's just, it's just one of those things. Don't marry up together in the right yeah, way. We'll continue yeah. to evolve. And if we have to change something that we've probably said that we wouldn't do before, but the business dictates that we have to, then we will. But it's yeah. only to continue the business growth and, and make sure that it, you know, that it's it's here in 10, 15, 20 years' time. To help it grow. Well, before we talk about growth, we're going to go about, right back to the beginning. Okay. But before we go there, we donate 10 pounds to a charity of your choice. Which one would you like us to donate it to? Um, RSPCA, please. Perfect. We will make that donation. Right. So we are going to pretend you've gone right back to the beginning. You've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop a mobile phone and an internet connection, what would you do to start generating mortgage leads? Um, well, I think the beauty of our job is that you can actually probably work from anywhere. So mm -hmm. I would probably be able to pick up where I where I left off, to be honest. Um, you know, are you talking not having a client bank or not having a client bank, just starting afresh. You've you've landed there and you've none of your old clients you can't take your old clients with you you have to can't start with the people with right okay so firstly I'd, I'd you know make myself known in the community mm -hmm. um i'd set up social media channel um in the area that i was in i'd want to join local community groups um get involved with anything you know that i could get involved with um sports activities okay that kind of thing um i think like chris alluded to before it's a mixture of you know everything so you've got to have your, your toe in every single you know Dipping area, your toe in everything yeah everything yeah. That, that you certainly can um and i just want to make myself known within the area that I, I live in um and it would be starting from scratch going to local, local pubs restaurants everywhere you go hairdressers nail you know beauty therapy um dropping into conversation what you do asking for people to refer you offering mm -hmm. refer a friend scheme um so I, it's, I, in, it's interesting. Julie did, Julie, Julie did something very interesting last week, to be fair. So you did, uh, how many posts did you do on social media? On just on Facebook, on your own page? And um, Well, I've done, I've done about seven in a month. Right. Yeah. And you're not a mortgage advisor? No. Yeah. yeah. And this is just on your local page. And you yeah. generated however many inquiries and a certain amount of turn into business just by doing that very basic thing. Yeah. In the local group, in like the community group. In, in Well, on my own page, on local community group, but what I did firstly, I contacted 30 of my closest friends, just sent them a WhatsApp message and said, look, guys, can you help me? I want to target myself this year to get, um, I started with like 
five or six of my own inquiries a month coming through my own social media channel mm-hmm. and then I can you know distribute these out to the advisors can you help me can you share any posts that I put on please can you recommend me if anybody you speak to wants to remortgage or is looking to buy a house you know I'm got background in estate agency in the area we live if someone's looking to buy a house I'll have a look at it I'll look at what price it is I'll give you you know my opinion of why your house might not be selling it's not all about mortgage okay and you may be you know just drop me in as a a referral if you come into conversation about anybody wanting to move Mm -hmm. and on the back of that last month I think four of my friends approached me with inquiries and referrals and from the community groups that I've posted in, I've got three inquiries of people I don't know just off the back of, of posting seven posts. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was actually quite chuffed with that. Um, it proves, doesn't it, that it that it yeah. works in that sense, that you don't have to do anything special. And that, not that, that saying that that's not special, that's not one huge marketing strategy you've come out. You've texted 30 of your closest friends and said, can you drop me in conversation as and when you can? Yeah. And you've got four or five leads off the back yeah. of it. Listen, and now that's all you need. If, 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 I'd give any advice to any, if any broker that's just starting out doing this job and they don't have a client bank and they've not got an introduced. So that's the first thing that you would do. You know, you've got a phone now with maybe six, 700 contacts on. 90% of those will have WhatsApp. 60% of them will be on Facebook, whatever it is. Just let them know. And like Julie's alluded to there, just put in six or seven posts out, six or seven messages over a period of time. Straight away, you'll be writing plenty of business and that's just yeah. to start with forget everything else that you can do on the julie mentioned there about local estate agents and local sports centers pubs whatever it may be i love that idea of talking to people that you've you've already got in your phone they're already that's you've already built easy. the trust with them yeah honestly that's yeah. the easiest thing you could do yeah. easiest thing. that's all i'd do is that yeah. so would, would you respond would in do. the same the same way yeah. talk to keep, all your existing people keep it simple it's yeah. over complicated keep it dead simple if you've got 500 people there that you know that's that's your first point of contact make sure every one of those people have got a message explaining you know whatever your circumstances are stuck at the top of wherever but i'm still open for business and that's it ask them for help people like to be asked for help they like to help you yeah those people have come back to me and like they're excited to tell me i've got somebody who who (laughs) needs a mortgage and i'm like thank you yeah doing that will will probably be a tenth of time consuming as it would be buying 50 leads. Mm. Yeah. And you've got to build a trust with that lead. You've got to have a conversation. Exactly. Whereas if you, if they phone you and go, you pick up the phone and go, oh, it's Julia. Oh yeah. You know, Dave, whoever it might be, the trust's already there. It's done. Already there. It's already done for you. It's yeah. I love that. And and that's, yeah. we've had them that in a roundabout way on this pod, on the podcast, but you've just hit the nail on the head, pick up your phone, text them. That's all you need to do. And you've yeah, proven that that's worked in January. Yes, it has. It has. Yeah. Amazing. I'm using it for my business now. That's, uh... <laughs> just, listen, I think it's just don't overcomplicate things, you know, yeah. just keep things dead simple because it works. Definitely. It's keep it straightforward. Lucky yeah. to be in an industry, though, where like quite a big majority of your friends probably will need a yeah. mortgage or mm-hmm. will speak, you know, to, to family members or their friends and again you know people need to remortgage don't they they need to buy houses um they might be buying back to let so you've got a massive target audience to go out especially now more than ever where yeah. rates have gone to where they were in 2008 and as a you know as a as a country we're used to sub two percent rates there's that many people now that need more than ever a conversation mm-hmm. with the broker and again examples of conversations that we have with clients at the moment is um 
we're speaking about tracker rates with every client now because it's the right conversation to have. 12 because months ago it wasn't. And that, that's where professional advice is needed. Yeah, but you won't believe how many brokers are having that conversation. And honestly, we've had a, a, couple, really? a couple of clients this week that have come to us um, that said, oh, well, my previous broker didn't even discuss this. I thought, well, why? You don't have to go that down that road. It's obviously I'm just side. showing you what you and can. And in, in nine months' time, when rates come down a little bit, which they will do, it's, it's evident, then we can switch it to maybe a fixed rate. And it's a long-term saving option, then, isn't it? Well, you're not stuck at a high rate for the next two or five years. And then so you guys are having there, another conversation. So with kind of my point is not, not not giving mortgage advice, but my point is is that you know you need to be getting out there if, if you're wanting to grow your, your client bank and, and 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 getting your face out there saying look we will have those conversations with you. You need to speak to a broker now more than ever. You know there yeah. shouldn't be any any client in this country going direct to a bank now in a million That's years. Very true, very it's true. Really. Because you can still get access to Halifax. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah, but we might give them a, a, an option that the the the, the Halifax might not given them or even, yeah. didn't even think about so exactly. that's you know i'm not just saying us but that's any broker in general so you know now is a great time to be getting your face out there and, and shouting about what you do shout about what you do that's exactly there's loads of business listen business i don't know I, I can only talk from what we see but we we've never been as busy have we no no never that's fantastic yeah but again guys anybody listen to this yes the, the there will be people out there busy but manchester money have put the foundations in 12 18 months ago to be this busy now yeah and you've yeah, put all absolutely. the right structures in place both in staff in marketing and, and processes by the sounds of it but guys i really appreciate you going on thank you so much for your time where can people connect with you if they do want to have a chat or go through anything that we've spoken about on this podcast uh well they can find us on facebook um, mm -hmm. linkedin instagram we rank high on google so you'll find us quite easy that way yeah our website um manchestermoney.co.uk um by telephone everything's everything's got all carrier pigeon yeah, yeah, carrier yeah. Pigeon. <laughs> at their lovely offices <laughs> oh, we just come out to spinning fields and knock on our door yeah guys thank you so much for your time i really do appreciate cheers. it thanks Chris. Cheers, Chris. cheers bye 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 so thank you very much for listening if you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.